Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It It Just just Makes makes sense. Sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And on this episode, we're covering a listener's request. Really? Mama Sue Penipent gave us a Halloween request. Really? It is the murder of Lisa French who changed the entire Halloween night experience for all who live in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Oh, I was like, didn't we do the Blades and Candy one last year? Yeah, I think that was in Wisconsin too. I think, but it, this is different. It feels like it's yeah. somewhere Midwest. Yeah. yeah. So we're off to Fond du Lac to meet Lisa and French, born June 2nd, 1964, to Alan French and Marianne Gehrig. Gehrig. Lisa grew up living with her mother, Marianne, and her stepfather, Bruce DePaul, along with her newborn half-brother. What was... Oh. I was thinking of those stickers. It was Lisa Frank. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, so close. I know, it's like, how does that name sound familiar? Yeah, I was like, this sounds so uh, familiar. Lisa, Lisa Frank. Frank. Oh, glitter. What an icon. Oh. Also, every time I hear the name Fond du Lac, I bet a lot of people are like, never heard of it. But I have, so in my one DMV class that I teach, mm-hmm. they do a video about people who um, got arrested for DWIs. And the one girl's story, it's called The Most Expensive Jewelry I Ever Owned. And she's from Fond du Lac. And they say Fond du Lac 14 times in this video. <laughs> and I've watched it every seven weeks. For like years. <laughs> so every time I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> been there, done been that. There. Also, I will say this. There was not much information on this case. Really? I had, there was no shows. I had a deep dive. I had to put, put this together myself. What? Call me Harriet the Spy. What? Call me an investigative wow. reporter. Also, do not fact check me. If people leave me comments, I'm going to be pissed. What <laughs> do you want from me? I tried my best, okay? I tried my best. We don't claim to be journalists. We do not claim to be journalists. A lot of it came from Wikipedia, but even then, there wasn't much. No. I had to really score the internet for everything. Okay. Lisa was in the fourth grade attending Chegwin Elementary School, and just like any other girl in Wisconsin, she was a Girl Scout. <gasps> Her photo online is literally so cute. It looks like she has like the haircut I feel like everyone had back in the day where you can tell it was like done at home. Like her bangs were cut in a bowl, but then the rest is long. Like the 70s haircut. Do you know what I'm talking about? mm -hmm. She was so cute. She was fun, bubbly, and outgoing. The Frenches were close with all of their neighbors as the town was pretty small, close-knit, and they lived half a block from Gerald Miles Turner Jr. and his girlfriend Arlene Penn. Gerald and Arlene had an infant together and Lisa would would like spend time with them so she could see the baby. Like she was super excited to be old enough to start babysitting the baby on her own. Gerald was a machinist who worked the for the railroad a few months. Okay. Who worked for the railroad. A few months before Halloween, he had rented the other side of the duplex from the French's house before finding their own home a few weeks like later. So they lived next to the French for a few few months. Okay. So they were really close. Got it. Um, it's Halloween night in 1973, and Lisa is really excited to get dressed up and get her free candy. She had her hobo costume on, wearing a black felt hat, green parka, jeans with blue masking tape on it, and she had added freckles to her cheeks. My mom said that back in the day in the 70s, that's like what everyone would wear out. Really? You were either, I don't want to use the term, 
but someone who's from like what's an I don't know the other term for it, but they would dress a up as a person? gypsy. No, oh. like that was a popular costume or a hobo. They would call it. Mm. And my mom was like, one of the two. That's like what you were. Especially in areas that are cold because it was easy to put coats on over, over it, it or to look like yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So she was like, that was the big trend back in the day. Interesting. But I'm surprised a lot of them would have like a stick with bandana wrapped around it. And that's where they would put their candy. Mm-hmm. Lisa did not have that. <gasps> Why? Lisa was supposed to go out trick-or-treating with her friend Ann Parker, and they were going to stop at the town Halloween block party called Pumpkin Place. A lot of towns were doing this type of block party because it was around this time that the poison candy and razor blades. Yeah. So, like, everyone was on high alert. So they kind of were telling their kids, like, don't go door to door. We're all going to have a block party where we can, like, ensure that the sure. candy hasn't been, safe. you know, safe. It's legit. Yes. But her friend Anne had gotten into trouble and she wasn't allowed to go out at all that night. <gasps> Poor Anne. Like, I know kids get into trouble, but to be like, you can't go trick or treating. I feel like that's mean. I know. Like, so Lisa was out on her own in the streets. She stopped at another friend's house and one of her teacher's houses trick or treating and collecting candy along the way to the pumpkin place. Her parents made sure to tell her she should only be going to houses of people that she knew. Soon, Lisa found herself outside the house of Gerald Turner, excited to see the baby dressed up for the holiday. She rang the doorbell and screamed trick-or-treat. Turner came to the door, and both him and Lisa started talking about candy. Lisa's favorite, what she had gotten that night, etc., etc. Nothing out of the ordinary. Got to be around 7 p.m. when Lisa's curfew came, and there was no sign of Lisa. Lisa's mother was nervous. But she was kind of like, eh, it's only 7 o'clock. Like, I'll give it time. But by 7.30, she was scared out of her mind. And by 10 p.m., a search party was underway. Hmm. There was a four-day-wide extensive search for the missing girl, which had over 5,000 volunteers. Wow. And for, like, a town where Fonda, like, that was pretty much everyone in town. It was a very small town. 700 block parents, which I was like, it's like a neighborhood watch set up throughout the town, but for 700 of those parents to show up. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? They had auxiliary police officers, the National Guard, and of course, some of our fellow Girl Scouts. Like, I'm just like, I can't imagine 5,000 people showing Searching, up. Searching, yeah. And that that's crazy. Fast, right? Yeah. They agreed. start looking into rivers and lakes because at this point, they're starting to think they're looking more for a body than an, a live hostage. Yeah, within the first 48 hours. Yeah. Something like, isn't the first 12? I think so. And they also say, like, if they move locations, the likelihood of finding them alive is, is very slim. Small, yeah. A local photo shop printed 6,000 fo- posters with Lisa's photo and descriptions on it. Local gas stations offered anyone who was helping with the search $25 in free gas. Isn't wow. that crazy? Like, could you imagine that happening today? I mean, it's only like a quarter tank, but yeah. But that's, I no, know. I know. Back right? then, but, but even, a lot yeah. Of yeah, yeah, But yeah. like for a local, because it was just a local gas station saying like whoever did that. Wow, that's get, crazy. Right? I'm like, that's insane. So they were just closing out their fourth day when a farmer named Gerald Braun was returning home in his tractor on November 3rd at 1130 a.m. when he discovered two brown plastic bags behind a barbed wire fence near a forest on McCabe Road. One bag contained Lisa's naked corpse, (gasps) the other containing her Halloween costume. 
They were raced off to be investigated, and her body was sent to the medical examiner to try to find out the cause of death. Lisa's funeral was held on November 6, 1973. The entire community was there. There wasn't even standing room. Nine rows were taken up just by her classmates and Girl Scout troop. She was dressed in the same dress that she wore on picture day. On November 8, 1973, the Chamber of Commerce posted a $10,000 reward for the capture of Lisa Ann French's killer. So $10,000 back then. Ton of money. Ton of money. Remember when I thought that um, 900, remember it was like $605 or something for the gambling grandma? And I was like, whoa, that yeah. is a ton. And you were like, that's literally, literally nothing. nothing. And I was like, huh. That's four big hands of blackjack. Thank you. <laughs> Police started questioning witnesses right away and were, were attempting to track the houses that she had stopped in for trick-or-treating. They got to Gerald's house, and as they were questioning him, the police got a little suspicious of his behavior. Really? But they had no hard evidence to go off of. For months, the police kept going back to Gerald, questioning him, seeking out more information from him, trying to see if there was anything else that possibly could have been jogged in his memory. Yeah, what's the tea, Gerald? They just had a feeling that he might be involved. And sometimes, or so, and sometime during all of his stories, they started to change. And his memories of the night started to seem a little different. Hmm. So the police wanted to, to take a polygraph test. Right away, Gerald refused. But eventually, in like the mid-1974, so this is like far into it, he agreed to take a test. Of course... The results. Inconclusive. Inconclusive. But the police knew he was the last house that Lisa went to on her trick-or-treat trail, so they knew he was probably the last one to ever see her alive. Okay. They collected body hair and bedspread fiber samples from Gerald, and it was during this time that after nine months of scrutiny from the police, he confessed. <gasps> really? His body hair and fibers... Um, from his bedspread were all positive matches on Lisa's body and clothing. So I wonder if he started to realize then, like, it's going to be a match. Yeah. So I have to confess to something, right? Turner claims they had never planned on killing her. So the police believed that he possibly he turned himself in from the guilt. According to Gerald, Arlene had taken her baby, their baby, to the Pumpkin Place block party without him. He was sitting at home passing out candy when his doorbell rang and he saw Lisa at the door. He said when he saw Lisa's face light up with a smile, he got very sexually motivated to assault her. Jesus. It was during this candy conversation that Turner lured Lisa into his bedroom where he began to sexually assault her. Turner claims that at some point after he finished the assault, he noticed that Lisa had stopped breathing and he tried to revive her. As he was in the middle of this, his girlfriend Arlene came home, so he immediately stopped. He put socks over his hands to not leave any fingerprints and moved Lisa's body into the bathroom. When Ar Arlene walked in, she found Turner sitting on the couch in a robe. They were supposed to go to Arlene's mother's house but when she got, when she got back from the block party, but Gerald told her, told her that he wasn't feeling well and to go without him. So after she but left... She doesn't go in the bathroom? Right. Why? If you don't have to go to the bathroom, why would you? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, well, that's always like one of the first things I do when I come home from anywhere. Really? Yeah. Oh. I always got to pee. Blow my nose. Wash my hands. 
I like never go into our bathroom unless I like have to really go to the bathroom. Well, it's upstairs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that's the top. Like, okay, what if their house was upstairs? Like mine is right by the door. Right, right, right. I don't I don't Weird. know the home layout. I didn't look up the blueprints, uh, but I'm I mean, assuming. Next time I mean you did all this research <laughs> put it together. You couldn't look up the architect? <laughs> so wait. So she left, but as soon as she left, she realized her mom wouldn't be home for another hour or so. <gasps> so she returned to the house with the baby. She said Gerald kept going in and out of the bathroom, which seemed off to her. Duh. But she was kind of like, whatever. Well, at least I didn't feel well. You're right. But after a little bit, she left for her mother's house with the baby. As soon as she left, Turner went back to trying to deal with Lisa's body. He wasn't even positive if Lisa was dead, but he shoved her body into a garbage bag anyways. He wiped off her shoes and the zipper on her coat to remove prints and shoved all of her belongings into another bag. He then drove outside of town to McCabe Road and left both of the bags there. Now, the medical examiner's report came back and said that she had died from asphyxiation following a heart attack. But Lisa hadn't been strangled. She had actually died of circulatory shock due to the sexual trauma that she endured. Oh, my God. Like, could you imagine how scared she was? She died of shock. Her heart just stopped. Wow. Isn't that insane? It's estimated in 1% of violent sexual assault cases, you can die from shock of the sexual assault. I mean, not to be morbid, but maybe it was better she died that way than him strangling her. Yeah, or doing something. But I'm wondering if she hadn't died, would he have killed her? Probably. Yeah, probably, right? Isn't that so sad? That is terrifying. So due to the nature of this crime and what happened, the media took off with the story and of course there was always names given to all of these six psychos and he was penned the halloween murderer Mm. gerald turner was subsequently taken into police custody on august 9th 1974 and during his trial he recanted his confession really he said the police were constantly questioning him at this time and he just wrote that confession to get them to leave him alone i mean it's plausible but Several women came forward to testify that Gerald had been abusive towards them and had sexually assaulted them in the past, including a 15-year-old babysitter that he had employed. Robert Owens, who is a psychiatrist who Gerald had met in prison, said that Gerald had cold disregard for people, especially women, and had no conscious control of his sexual impulses. So what do you think the jury found him? What was he charged with? Do you know? Second degree murder. Not guilty. Guilty. Guilty of second degree murder, enticing a child for immoral purposes and acts of sexual perversion, and was sentenced to 38 years and six months in prison. How old was he? He was, I don't know. Oh. But I feel like it's the rest of his like. So did he ever get, what was his name? Gerald what? Gerald, I have more. Hold on. Oh. Gerald Turner. I just want to see if he got out of prison. Well, that's what I have more information oh, on I'm, this. Okay, I'm sorry. God. Uh. <laughs> it's, it seemed like we were wrapping it up. No, we're not. Here I am trying to make this God. a little longer. <laughs> Turner was, parole, was first paroled on October 13th, 1992 <sighs> for good behavior. After only serving 17 years and eight months of his sentence in Wapen Correctional Institution. 
1992 parole sparked multiple community protests and public outrage among French's relatives and residents of Milwaukee. Oh, I'm sorry. That man also, did not deserve to be allowed out of prison. most of this information that I'm reading right now is from Wikipedia. Thank you so much. Which is where... So he was living at a halfway house during his first parole. This prompted lawmakers to create the sexual predator law of Wisconsin Chapter 980, nicknamed Turner's Law. Could you imagine having a law named after you of Turner's something law. like that? Oh my God. But like, you know what I mean? Like, because you're such a pervert, they had to name a yeah. law after you? Which was ratified on May 26, 1994 by Wisconsin Governor Tommy Thompson. This law allows criminals who had been paroled or released from the prison sentence to be detained in mental institutions if they are deemed to have a substantial probability of committing another crime. Turner was sent back to prison on November 23, 1993, after a Department of Corrections appeal ruled that they had miscalculated his mandatory parole release from his good behavior. Mm -hmm. On January 29, 1998, after a four-day trial, a jury on Turner's parole hearing ruled that Turner was not a violent sexual predator, meaning that he could not be held at a treatment center under Turner's law and could begin his mandatory second parole that year. But in July of 1998, a judge ruled against an unsuccessful attempt to revoke his parole after a June incident in which Turner shouted and waved a butcher knife at his caseworker while he was at his halfway home. Jesus. Although a psychologist ruled him still to be a dangerous individu individual, Turner filed a complaint on the waste management of Madison, Wisconsin, for the company refusing to hire him due to his criminal record. Turner and the company reached an undisclosed settlement where they were required to hire Turner due to, a, due to a former Wisconsin law not allowing companies to consider criminal convictions Could when you hiring former felons. Right? You were forced to hire this fucker? Because <sighs> unless the crime is substantially related to the job they're applying for. I mean, However, I, it, but I know. Still. However, the waste management management company argued that he could not be hired since they had 15 tours with children during the previous school year and he would have access to dangerous materials and chemicals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like if you're doing waste management, like say he's on the trucks doing it, you're going to know where children live. Then, yeah. Right. I'm like. Following Turner's complaint against the Waste Management Company, the Wisconsin State Assembly passed a bill on October 28, 1993, which appealed, repealed the original law that prohibited job discrimination based on felons' criminal record, meaning employers could then rightfully refuse to hire convicted felons on the basis of their criminal record without further complaints. Turner was returned to prison for 15 additional years after violating his parole in 2003 when an abundance of pornographic content was discovered in his possession. Mm. After being returned to prison to serve 15 and a half years for violating his parole, Turner was scheduled to be mandato mandatorily released fully from his extended prison sentence without any parole restrictions on February 1st, 2018. His impending release caused Lisa French's mother to create an online petition in an effort to keep Turner incarcerated in a mental treatment facility. As of 2021, the petition has received over 34,000 signatures with over 9,000 signatures from Wisconsin residents. The Department of Justice filed a legal petition on January 26, 2018, prior to his mandatory prison release, to make the case that Turner should be detained under Wisconsin Chapter 980. Um, 
like his Turner Law. So he should have to go to a mental treatment facility permanently. The scheduled April 6th hearing was postponed, followed. um, They, I think it was because. Oh, oh, they ordered a transfer from the proceedings from its original setting of Fond du Lac to a different county. This move was a result of Turner's defense attorney persuading um, the judge to move the hearing by arguing that Turner lived in a Madison halfway home during a second parole before he was sent back to prison. So they just moved it around again. So this, like, once again, they appealed that. The Appellate Court irrevocably irrevocably ruled that Turner was to be tried again in Fond du Lac and not outside of Fond du Lac. And then it was postponed again because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It was most recently reported that Turner was set to have his status tried again in court on October 29th, 2020, two days before the 47th anniversary of the murder of French. So I couldn't find anything anywhere. Okay. But then I found an article that says on February 23rd, 2022, Gerald Turner, known as the Halloween Killer, will remain confined at a secure mental health facility after Fond du Lac County judge's ruling on that Wednesday. So it was less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was deemed that he be he was deemed a sexually violent person, and that person had been convicted or found delinquent of sexually violent offenses. So he should be maintained at a mental institution. Um, let's see. Since his release from the Racine Correctional Institution, Turner has been at Mostyn Sandridge Secure Treatment Center, which is operated by the Department of Health Services and the state's Sexually Violent Persons Program. Um. They just, and the last thing I have is that Lisa's family believes that he should never be released. When Lisa can come back and have her freedom, so can he. Yeah, so I just found an article in the FD, so I'm assuming this is Fond du Lac, Fond du Lac reporter, Mm -hmm. that said he's seeking his release in 2024. Oh, really? But there's a paywall, so I'm not, I can't read the rest of it. But yeah, he's still seeking his release. But it's like still going on. Yeah. It's like recent. So for a while, for like years and years and years, Fond du Lac would not let kids go trick-or-treating. It was just until like 2022 that they reestablished it. So that's really? why they say like this man ruined Halloween mm, I mean, ever so. since this case. I find trick-or-treating to be weird. I like mean, scary. Now that I now think that about, it, think about it, yeah. like why am I letting my... And for the longest... My parents always took me when I was younger... But I would say by the time I was like maybe 12, I was going by myself with my friends. I would go with other people. My dad always took me. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, we lived in a, on a dead end street. Yeah. So we kind of, I mean, we pretty much knew everyone on the yeah. street, but still. I mean, Lisa knew this the guy, guy. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know? Like, yeah. I lived in a very, it was like a um, subdivision that was like, pretty enclosed yeah. so we would just go around the subdivision but i mean the subdivision itself had hundreds of houses it would take like three hours <laughs> last night i was at dinner at my mom's and we were talking about different things just like from days gone by right and my sister and i we were in the front page on the front page of the lockport union sun and journal when we were kids yeah with your address right address yeah ages no address no like no how am i not kidnapped Oh, man. I think about that because I also feel like they still do it. Like, I don't think they have addresses, but like in the Hamburg Sun, they used to post like when kids got an honor roll or whatever, like yeah. their age, their grades. I think they used to put like where they lived. 
not address. Like, I don't think full address. But yeah, but uh, like Rockport, New York, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, easy enough to look up. Like I you know, know what I mean? So Isn't that creepy. crazy? So creepy. But now I feel like, or even like, they would say, remember back in the day? I think we talked about this before. They used to have those those things that I know you put people put on their cars, like baby on board. But do you remember there was stickers you would put on your window? So if there was a fire in your house, the firemen knew where the children Kids were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one on my window. Yeah. I literally advertised there is a <laughs> toddler in this room. <laughs> Come and get me. Yeah. Like it you know like what I mean? It was an silver. orange star. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. sheriff looking star. Yeah, and yeah. it was like there's a child yeah, here. If there's too, a fi- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about you that. You know what I mean? <gasps> like, thinking wow. back, I'm I mean, like, we're my just... sister didn't have one. I did. So clearly my parents didn't care about her. <laughs> <laughs> like, let her burn. <laughs> oh, my God. How do we survive? How do we survive? Emphatically, kids. Uh, no one was taking me. And no one was taking me. They're like, put her body in a garbage bag and drag it across town. That's Absolutely a lot of work. Not. They're like, I'd have to be a CrossFit star. Absolutely not. <laughs> that gets better, too. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, yeah, isn't that crazy? No, that's crazy. I just think it's wild that he said, like, so clear. Clearly, this man, I'm surprised with these women came forward. They didn't do any charges. I wonder yeah. if it was like beyond the statute of limitations, statute of limitations or something. Yeah. Because I'm like, how? Do you get away with it for so long? Right. Well, I mean, it happens all the time. It's like, God. Any whoosies. Let us know what you think, guys. You can um, jump in the Facebook discussion group. It just do makes sense. Podcast discussion group. Trick or treating is weird. Do you think it's weird? I think it's kind of weird. I like the whole trunk or treating thing. Yeah. That's what like a lot of schools yeah. are doing now, the trunk or treat. Yeah. Cameron claims like every year he goes out and sits in the driveway and has like a fire and like he has eight hundred bags of candy and we maybe get like two kids. I really? don't know why he keeps doing that. Yeah, I haven't given out candy in so long. I know. Well, I think especially because of the pandemic too. Yeah. Like I thought about it this year. Like having something. I feel like I saw some kids last year. Yeah, really that many. Did you give kids like you had kids living next door to you in your condo? Did you like give them candy or make bags for them? No. Oh, okay. Wow. Because I, I don't know. I felt like she was like weird about that oh, stuff a okay. little bit. Yeah. I gave them bananas once. Because <laughs> Inst- they hated you. Insta- <laughs> Instacart sent me six oh, bunches yeah. of bananas instead of six bananas. No, they left me. It's fine. Right. But I remember she did say that she didn't, I mean, she would yell at them and they would open the door for me. Like if I knocked at the door. Yeah. I remember I went one time drinking with my one cousin in West Seneca and this guy was giving out pennies and I wanted to like throw it back in his face. Sir, no one Lame. wants this. Lame. No one wants your pennies. Give me candy. I don't want a toothbrush. I don't want a toothbrush. I don't Get want lost. pennies. I also do not want an almond joy. Uh, mounds. <laughs> or a mound. <laughs> okay. No. Get no one out. wants that. Except my dad. Yeah. Woof. Coconut is disgusting. Disgusting. All right, friends. You can follow me at Sam Smith Says on Instagram. You can follow me at whatever Jeff. Bye. Bye.